Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I am your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Levon, and this is episode 99. I'm almost there. I'm almost ready to hit 100. It's so exciting. I mean, kind of. I mean, I didn't really know if I'd continue this in October of 2020, but I have. And um, 100 episodes. It's almost there. We'll see if I make it to 200. I don't know. That seems like um, kind of hard to attain. <laughs> I mean, maybe. You never know. Um, so let's see what's been going on. I think I'm too close to this mic. So there's one little issue here. Um, I got a new iPhone. I traded in my 12. I got the 15. It just came yesterday. I transferred everything over. By the way, go Niners. I am decked out in my Niner gear right now. If you can't see me, if you're listening through Apple or Spotify, you will not know this, but I am all in my red, a little bit of black um, and white for uh, to support my team who has won the NFC West and they are going to be in the playoffs. I think it's, I don't even think there's a game this week. I think it's a bye week. I'm not even sure. I have to check. Um, anyway, love the Niners. So yes, go Niners. And uh, so yeah, I was setting up now uh for youtube and then also for my spot my spotify for my um just regular podcast of course i have a mic right in front of me for the regular podcast but for youtube i need to hook a little microphone this little cutie patootie oh there goes my god i make one little move and everything falls down uh this little microphone right here is called a lavalier mic um i know this because i was a radio tv film major or a clip-on so um this i would normally put here and then it would connect to my iphone but you know <laughs> iphones have to change every time they have a new update or a new phone they change the damn uh outlet plug thing so this no longer fits Ooh, the sun is coming in <laughs> um late day sun here uh this doesn't fit in my 15 so now i have to buy a new mic this is obsolete i must throw this away it has no use because i don't have the 12 anymore i turned it in i got 700 bucks for it not bad so the new phone is uh, just an extra ten dollars a month for I don't know. I didn't pay attention, but it's for a little while, but it's worth it. Super nice camera. Um, probably too clear. I hope no one can see all of my wrinkles because it probably is better quality. I've, I changed the, um, I don't know. I changed it from H no, from 4G. I think that's what it is to HD and from 4K. I don't know, whatever. I, I drop everything down one because, uh, for uploading purposes, when it's super, super clear, it will take five days to upload. It's crazy. Like it takes so much um, extra, I don't know, megabytes, gigabytes, I don't know, terabytes, something. It takes a lot of extra stuff to um, upload it. So I just, I put it down to a lower resolution and it usually works a little bit faster. Um, yeah, literally like one day versus like eight hours. So it is better. Um, okay. So yeah, I have no mic. So I apologize on YouTube. I'm going to try to project my voice more, so, but that's going to mess up the podcast. I should have this mic a little further away um, so that you guys can hear me, um, you know, without the mic, but I'll get one. I'll order them. They're cheap. I just didn't even realize it till I sat down just now. And, you know, I've been really um, procrastinating all day. It has been the day of procrastination. Um, I want to show you guys something. If you're on YouTube, check out this uh, palm tree. Just, I mean, look at the sky right now. Look at that. The sun's going down. It's dark over there. I don't know if you can see, but this is just a palm tree hanging. The palm fronds are just visible in this little window. And this used to be my 
my son's room and then it was Joey's room briefly. But um, yeah, we have some palm trees in the backyard that were bought at Home Depot that were, you know, I don't know, four feet tall. And now they're taller than the house. It's crazy. So the palm fronds just like they hang in front of the in front of the windows. In fact, in Owen's room, that one hangs right against his screen and he had to keep his window shut because the screen has holes in it because there's birds that build nests with the screen material. They just pick and pick and pick at the screens and they put holes in everybody's screens around here. So it made an opening for um, insects to come in through the palm fronds. So they come into Owen's room, spiders. You know, we've had some issues with um, insects. So yeah, he has to keep his window shut um, because I can't get to that palm frond. I don't know how I'm going to like break it down. It's way, it's two stories high. So anyway, um, yeah, the microphone is an issue and, uh, oh yeah, I was just, um, I don't know. It's just been, it's been a really cold day here in California. It was like 39 when I got up, my house was cold. I have not had a lot of, um, energy to just do anything today. I feel like I've been on my phone and as I'm on my phone and posting some stuff, I'm getting more anxiety as the day is going on because I'm not doing anything productive. And I'm like, vacations running out. Um, you know, I'm just feeling like all these nerves. So I go to the gym. I can only did like, I didn't run today. Uh, I just didn't feel it. And I did like more like leg stuff. And, but even that Finn is like licking his ween and it's so gross. Finn stop. Ugh. <laughs> it's so gross. Anyways, he's all, that's all I see out of the corner of my eye over here is the dog licking himself. Um, thank you, Finn. Sitting like a proper gentleman now. Um, but anyways, I just, I got back from the gym and I, you know, and the, I feel like I needed to do a podcast, but um, sometimes it's just easier to sit behind your phone and not be recorded and not have to think. And so, but as the sun was going down or, you know, it's like getting closer to four o'clock, it's now 4.30. I'm like, the sun's going to be down. I don't like the lighting in the room when the sun goes down. So I like, I need to just get my shit in gear and go do it. Just do it. It's fine. And you'll be happy that you did it. Um, so yeah, I am, I'm glad that I'm sitting in here doing my podcast with you. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you first of all about, um, a survey that I hope if you are on any injectable for HIV and you live in the United States, I would please um, ask you to take this survey. It's a short survey. It's anonymous. Um, it's through ADAP, the AIDS Drug Assistance Program Advoc Advocacy Association. I knew I was going to mess that up. Um, this is the group that sent me to Louisiana. They um, put this survey together. It's These surveys are always to help, uh, you know, better help the people that are living with HIV. So we want to know how it's going for you, basically. Um, so if you are taking an injectable, it doesn't have to necessarily be Cabinuva. I know that's the hot one everyone knows about, but it could be any one of them. So Sunlinka is another one, and um, I don't know any other ones, but you have to be HIV positive. So not, you couldn't be like um, taking the injectable. I think it's, um, I can't think of the, it's the one for prep. It's, um, Oh, um, I think it starts with an A. I just had it on. I just talked about it on a TikTok live the other night. Anyways, it doesn't even matter. But there is a there is an injectable for PrEP. But that's for people who don't have HIV. So we only want this um, survey done for people who are HIV po HIV positive and live in the U.S. They reside in the U.S. Um, again, it's oh, and the way to get to it. Uh, in my links here, um, I always have links uh, in my description. It will take you to my link tree, and it's the very first link right there. So please, please take that survey if 
you fit the criteria. I can't take it. Um, and you know, a little bit about cabinua for those that don't know, it's two medications. Uh, one is put into each side of your butt cheek. It's an injectable with a needle. It has to be done in a medical setting. And, um, there's a whole thing about like temperature and stuff. So it has to be kept, I think it's refrigerated or something, but it has to be a certain temperature when it goes into you as well. There's a whole thing. Um, so that's why it can't be done at home. But, um, cabinuva will keep you undetectable for two months at a time. Obviously more than likely it's longer, but they want to make sure that you're on top of it. So they want you to do it every eight weeks. So, um, not only are you undetectable, but you are also cannot transmit HIV sexually. It doesn't matter what your gender is or who you're having sex with. You cannot transmit HIV. It doesn't matter if the girl has her period. It doesn't matter if the condom breaks. It doesn't matter if the person's on, um, uh, prep. They, well, they don't need to be, but it doesn't matter if there's cuts and tears and all the fluids. It doesn't matter. HIV cannot be transmitted when we are undetectable. Um, it's been proven. Uh, there are no cases of anybody becoming positive after being with somebody who's undetectable. There was 125,000 uh, condomless sex acts between somebody who is HIV positive and undetectable and their negative partner through all of the studies over many, many years, and there were zero transmissions. So yes, hallelujah, we cannot transmit HIV. In and this would be, you know, this is just such a great message. It's not only great for our health, because of course, a lot of people, like I know somebody personally who is not in care. They are HIV positive. It is a person in my, on my ex-husband's side of the family. He's been living on the street. He was diagnosed. He was, in, you know, he got it through drug use. Um, he was in care for a while, but he's back on the street and he doesn't care. He's not taking it. So I don't think he's, you know, having, you know relations with anybody, but I do believe that he is using and he could still be transmitting it through needles. So, um, yeah, you know, the, the hope is, is that people understand that if you stay in care, you obviously will have a long, normal life. You won't, um, be transmitting this to anybody. Um, the benefits are all there. Like there's no reason to not be on treatment. Um, but there are, there are things called the social determinants of health that play into, um, you know, people not, taking their medication. And um, thankfully, I'm very lucky and everything is right in my life for me to continue my, tr my treatment. So, um, and for most people I know, it, it's the same, but they're, you know, I don't talk to people who are homeless, so I don't know what their life is like, but I can only imagine it's probably more important for them just to eat every day and maybe taking medication isn't the first thing on their mind or they have mental health issues and no one's helping them stay, you know, in care and compliant with their medication. Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about when I went to that meeting in Louisiana, I don't remember if I mentioned this in my last podcast or not, but there was a gentleman there, a gay man, HIV positive, who is a blog writer for, um, for the ADAP Advocacy Association. And I, I'm not even going to share his name because I guess this might be private information. So I don't want to like, you know, blast him or anything. But anyways, he had said during the meeting something about that, you know, he had, he does Cabinuva and he said he could never go back to the pill. And I was like, he really emphasized that. And I was like, hmm, you know, like this is a guy who's obviously openly out about his status and, um, I just, it really struck me that he was saying you could never go back to the pill. And I'm thinking, but what? Like I take a pill. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't feel anything. So I asked him during a break why that was that he couldn't, he wouldn't feel like he can go back to the pill. And he said, because it is a reminder every single time I take that pill every single day of one mistake that I made in my life. So it's unfortunate, but this is like, and this is a guy who's super, super versed in HIV. He's like in the community. 
but he still sees that as as a mistake that he made one night and now it's with him for life you know and it's so it all everybody's situation is different um and you know there are good reasons for why um the injectables are just good for people it's also for people who are not good about being compliant and taking their medication every day um and you know again people who like can't get to the doctor um or maybe to a pharmacy every month, or I don't know. There could be a myriad of different reasons why a pill a day. Psychologically, I know it does affect people taking medication every day, uh, maybe side effects or something. So, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting that he has that um, perspective. After And he's been positive longer than me. Um, okay, let's see. I Just a reminder that I do provide per, uh, personal risk assessments for HIV. Um, 20 bucks. The links are in my bio um, reach out to me through there. The whole rigmarole is there, how to do it. You just go to my, my link tree, you pick your app you want to pay, then contact me through my pause Lee, um, Instagram. And I don't talk to people over the phone. It's just through DM. So you can type or voice message me and I will always voice message back because I can't stand typing. It's just too slow for me. And I can say much more and you can hear my tone and um, really understand how I feel about your, um, experience or uh, quote-unquote exposure because most of the time it's never a true exposure. Um, Okay, so let's see. Um, I was going to talk today about boys a little bit about that stigma. Um, I just want to say right off that my close friends on Instagram are incredible. I really, really have the most amazing people giving me advice, supporting me through all of my little social things that I go through personally, my private personal things with boys. And I tell you, I can't believe how much it helps. I mean, I'm really lucky. Like who else has a bunch of people that are like telling you, it's like, you know, you have your girlfriends or you have your mom or whatever, but I have like, I think there's 200 people on there. I'm really only at the most about a hundred look at it. And I would say roughly... 20 write to me and say this is how they feel about it or they've had this too or you know and it could be just general guy stuff and dating not necessarily HIV but um it's just god it's I feel so lucky I'm so lucky to have this group of people that care enough to watch the story and then tell me how they feel about it and they're incensed a lot about things that I share and makes me feel validated it's really really nice so I will start with um there's two well yeah and then I'll and then I was going to talk about Gypsy Rose a little bit I don't have a whole lot to say but okay so there was somebody that I had seen for a year oh Finn stop licking (laughs) Um, not like in a boyfriendy way or anything, just had been over to his place. We met on Tinder. He was involved in the basketball community, um, where my kid plays, um, and didn't really realize how involved it was going to get as far as like us being around the same people until more recently because Owen's on varsity basketball. So he does, um, a travel league and anyways, uh, a lot of the kids that play with Owen have been on his travel league and it's called the AAU league. I don't even know what that stands for, but anyway, I told him about my status. Uh, I don't remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. I ended my last podcast with the fact that it had been silent. So I finally reached out to him because the silence was deafening. It had been three weeks and what I left there, it felt like I'd left on a good note. 
it felt like he understood everything I said. I wanted him to know why I went to Louisiana. And really, I wanted him to know more about Jennifer Vaughn, the advocate, because I'm damn proud of what I've done. And what I got in return was basically crickets. Um, I don't think he was impressed in any way with what I do, nor do I think that he really even looked into it. Um, I reached out to him. Let's see. I asked him if everything was okay. Seems quiet. And he took a day to write back. And he, in the morning, yes, all's good. Sun and a, one of those little emojis with the hands, all's good. I said, okay, great. Then we can hang out soon. This is testing the waters. Um, no response. Five hours goes by. I'm like, hmm. I'm like, okay. And I'm having anxiety. Like this is this is awful for somebody who's disclosed something that's not easy to talk about. Um, of course, I didn't put him at risk in any way. Also, this is a person that's never come to the table wanting to use condoms. So, and he's on dating apps. So, let's just address that too, because that is irresponsibility on his part. And I, ha- I highly doubt he's testing. And it's just funny how it's such a double standard that I am the bad guy because I have HIV, but yet I'm on treatment. I can't, you know, transmit it. And then this is somebody who's judging me who literally is not using condoms. And I don't know who he is having sex with. And literally, I wanted him to wear condoms because I didn't know what I was being exposed to. I don't want more STIs. So I have uh more frequent, frequently than normal, if, if I've been with him, gone and tested for uh, GNC, gonorrhea and chlamydia. That's a pee in the cup test. And I have also get tested for syphilis every single time my blood's drawn. So that's an automatic. Um, nothing's ever turned up positive, but um, you know, you just never know. So um, anyways, I don't get anything back. So I decide I'm going to put it all out there. I'm going to send him a text to say, look, uh, I, I obviously can tell that, that that you have a certain you're feeling a certain way about this it's pretty obvious you know I hope you understand that I never put you at risk um it's hard to not get anything back like I feel your distance like we were at one of my son's basketball games you knew I was going to be there you didn't even text me you nothing after it's like so different now and it seems really clear and it's th- like, in general, this is really sad. Like all this information is on the internet. It would take literally 30 seconds for him to see that he was never at risk. But now all of a sudden, because I have HIV, which is literally almost gone from my body, but yet he has seen me as just, he must be seeing me as, I, want, I don't want to speak for him, but this is what it feels like from my end. Um, you know, he's discarded me. I am no longer somebody that he even acts like he knows. So, um, Okay, my son just came back in from basketball. So I um, I say, you know, something, if you could respond, would be helpful. Nope, Joey, don't call right now. Okay, uh, you know, and anyways, that was sent like around noon. Well, it took him a day and a half to respond to me. I The whole next day went through, and then I got something the following morning. So I think, I don't know what day it was that I responded, but it was like afternoon. That whole day went through. Uh, or the rest of the day, then a whole nother day. And then the next morning I got a message. So uh, literally almost 48 hours later, like how hard is it to send a message knowing that I'm suffering on the other end, wanting to know what is happening. 
And again, this is nobody, I was not in love with him or anything. I just enjoyed time with him. We had pretty good chemistry. Um, he's 10 years younger than me. Uh, never been married, no kids. But, um, you know, he's like a snuggly guy, snuggle bear, I would say. But um, anyway, so he writes back and just says, you know, you have to understand that, of course, I was a bit overwhelmed with what you shared and I needed time to process and I not, um, I'm sure it was difficult for you. This is not verbatim. I'm just kind of like trying to remember what he said. Um, I'm, you know, I was, I'm sure it was difficult for you to share something so personal. And um, that was about it. Uh, but in no way did my waiting to talk to you was meant to make you feel a certain way. That was kind of it. So then I said, I thought that was kind of nice. And I thought, okay, we're good. So I send a message back saying, you know, awesome. Like, I thank you for writing. I really wanted you to know like more about me. I'm really proud of what I've done. And my story is very easy to tell. It's very easy to tell publicly but it is not easy to tell personally. And I hope you can understand that. And, um, you know, I, I felt like it was all on the up and up and good. And that's it. There's been no word since. And that was over a week ago. He was at my son's game last night. We sat probably 20 feet away from each other. People are saying, oh, he probably knows about your podcast and he found it and found that you were talking about him. Well, he should be flattered if he found it and heard me talking about him because all I've ever said was nice things. Um, and I've never said his name. So, you know, other than the coach, I mean, that's kind of what I referred to him as. Nobody would know who I was talking about. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he was at my son's game, sat like 20 feet, feet from me. And by the way, he doesn't do social media. He never even asked anything about my social media. Like, how could I find your stuff? How can I see your story? No, there was none of that. He's never asked my last name. I literally gave it to him that that night because we met on Tinder. My name is Jennifer. He's never asked my last name. So I said, by the way, I'm Jennifer Vaughn. And my podcast is called Don't Stop Me Now. But I'm telling you like that stuff. He went to bed right after. He did not. Uh, I know him. He's not, he's not searching for me. I know that. Um, his social media is very limited. He like takes pictures of desserts and like puts them on Instagram once a year. I mean, this is not somebody who's using social media. He's really busy too. He has a really, really busy schedule. So uh, yeah, he's not, he doesn't care either to be searching up my stuff. I know that about him. He is very, uh, like if he did, he would have asked me questions about myself way back when. I mean, I remember at one point after seeing him for a while, I said, do you even know my name? <laughs> Can you say it? And he did say it once. He was not happy that I asked him that. And then I brought it up another time, like months later, because I forgot I'd already asked it once. But that's how much I was feeling like he didn't really know me. He just knew this woman that came and would hang out with him. And so I said, what, do you even know my name? And he was like, I'm really offended that you would say that. Like he was really, I'm like, well, dude, you don't ask me shit like you don't. So, um, but I didn't want to get him more mad. So I just let it go for, because this is what it is. It's just really a physical relationship. So anyways, that's that. Uh, I think that this is the end of that, which is fine. Um, I think he was lucky to have me. He's not all that physically at all. I just really liked his personality when we were hanging out. He was fun, had great stories. And, um, 
He was really snuggly. I thought that was, it was nice. That was nice. He would, he could hug and kiss me all night, which is like, uh, sometimes I just like that intimacy. Um, so yeah, that's the end of that. <laughs> I'm, I think, um, at this point, I think his silence is mean and I don't have any desire to see him again, even if he'd reached out to me, which I don't think he will, but I'm, you know, I'm, there's only so much that I'm going to put up with. And I think at this point it's just rude and shows what kind of man he is, honestly, I mean, I understand having a fear of HIV if you hear that, but like I explained everything so cl clearly and the internet is very easy to access and all of the information is there. It's not hard to find. So really, this is about a man who's stuck in 1990 and um, chose to go with stigma and not treat me like a human. Really, really, it's really um, like that's the most shocking part is the fact that he can just disregard me now. Like I'm as if, as if I never existed. Uh, this is a man I've known just this month, one year, and now I am nothing to him. So, but I think he's trying to like, you know, he'll respond to me if I send a text, but it'll take him a day and a half. And I think he's only doing that to save face because he knows I'm going to see him in public at these sporting events. So he doesn't want to rock the boat too much with me, but he's not reaching out to me, has not reached out one time since I told him. So, okay. Um, I've talked about my favorite the last time uh, I did a podcast. That was, okay, so this was somebody that was in my life from about May. Again, met him on Tinder, did not expect to have feelings for him. He's 20 years younger than me. He's gorgeous, like absolutely beautiful. Um, blonde, about shoulder length, blonde hair. He's way shorter than me, but he's in like amazing physical condition, kind of hairless. He's oh, the best body. Um, gorgeous smile, very angular, manly face. He's got a butt chin. Um, he's just so handsome, so handsome. Uh, and so anyway, I, but I, when I first met him, he didn't, I don't know. I wasn't really into him into him and he was into me. He was trying to get over a breakup with a girlfriend and that's what he finally came up and told me or what, like the third time we saw each other, I kind of like the first time I was like, Oh, I don't like, and it was a hookup, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't really know, but, um, because he was so much shorter than me. And then the second time we did shrooms and then that was like a, like a three hour ordeal, but it was kind of like, it didn't really, they didn't affect me. They were the ones I grew and that and they didn't really work that good. And it was the big, it was like the middle of the day. And it wasn't that amazing experience I'd had with the cabin man. Um, so it was like, okay. But then he was writing to me after going, I can't say I haven't thought about you. Like I'm thinking about you. And I was like, oh, interesting. All right. So then the third time we saw him was just, that was the time I told him I had HIV, but I told him it's basically gone. Like, I mean, I take a pill a day and like all that. And so he was, he was fine with it, but he'd left his wallet in my car. So he swung back by my place because we were, we did it <laughs> in a car. Um, and anyways, he swung back by my place. And when I went to give him his wallet outside, he was in a truck. So he was up higher. So more like my height. Um, I don't know. We just started kissing. There was like this kiss. And I was like, what was that? Like, wow. I was like totally, completely floored. I skipped back to my house and I went, oh my God, what? I didn't know that I had feelings for this guy. So I saw him probably, I don't know, seven more times from like, like I said, this was probably like May through like September, I think. Um, so just here and there, like once every three weeks, once every two weeks, one time it happened two days in a row. And, but he was going through this thing where he was meeting other people 
didn't want me to know, obviously. I mean, we just, we both knew we were on dating apps. I was honestly seeing other people to not think about him. I was hoping that it would get my mind off him. And it didn't help because there was magic with him. There's just some people that there is magic with. And there's a picture on, I'll put it on um, my YouTube channel, these pictures of the two humans together that are making love. And there's all the colors and all the, like the colors coming off them and all like their veins and everything are all colorful. And that is how I felt with him. Like it really was. But then as it like got like closer to September, whatever. And he was starting to see a new girl. He was pulling away from me. And it was like, when I would see him, it was almost like he wasn't giving me as much, but there were definitely at least three or four times where it was just amazing. But then, and so I was addicted. Like it's an, it's an addiction for sure. Sex is such an addiction, especially when you find that special chemistry with somebody. And I haven't found it with anybody else since like my ex-husband, um, who I'm no, no, and I mean the one that I was with for six years, not my kid's dad. I felt like we had some pretty amazing chemistry, but, um, like I would cry after, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know. I don't really even know because this, I feel like with him, I was like, it was just, it was, it was magical. I can't even like, I feel so stupid saying that, but it really was. It was like out of this world. Like this is like, wow. It, like you're breathing in this energy from them. And I don't know. I mean, maybe he didn't feel this way, but I thought he was giving me that. So long story short, it ends. I feel stupid because he's now going to date this new girl and I needed to walk away and save face because it was very embarrassing because I, here I am 20 years older. Like I have no business being with this guy. We have nothing in common except for this chemistry. So yes, didn't talk to him for a year and a half. He stumbles back into my life and I'm over it. Like I'm over it. If anything, it's a regret. Every time I think about him, like, God, why did I let that go as long as I did kind of like almost begging, you know, can, can we please hang out? Like, like, but not so much, but like in my mind, I'm dying every time I see him and hoping. I mean, there was a moment where he had me over to watch movies, like, and he, we were sitting on the couch together and I'm waiting for the moment for something to happen. We're literally shoulder to shoulder. He smoked a bunch of pot. I had an edible. I'm still waiting, waiting. Like an hour and a half goes by, nothing is happening. I literally, like a dumbass touched his hand and put my hand like in his hand like this and he didn't squeeze it back and I kept it there because I didn't know what else to do at that point because I had already put it there and it was like I'll never forget how awkward that felt like I shouldn't have done this and I didn't want to pull it away right away because then it just seems even more awkward but <laughs> I left it there for like I don't know it felt like forever and I just I'll, that is the most cringe worthy moment I wish I could take that away because he didn't want to be holding hands with me and I I screwed up. I shouldn't have tried to hold this hand. Okay. So he contacts me. He contacts me. Um, I don't even know. It's been like almost two weeks. Has it been two weeks? Yeah. It's almost been two weeks. All of a sudden I get a text from him. Like I never thought I would talk to him again ever in my life. I figured he was going to go on with this girl, maybe marry her. Who knows? Text me. Is this still you? I talked about this last week. Um, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> Is this what? And I immediately stomach started to hurt, like in that way where it's like the butterflies. It's like, oh my freaking God. So I wanted to test the waters. Like, I'm just going to kind of jump ahead here. Yes, we decided to meet each other. He wanted me to come over that night. And I was like, hell no, I'm like in bed. And I don't want to look desperate. Like you reach out for me and I'm jumping out of my bed to go see you now. Like freaking I've dealt with enough embarrassing moments with him. I don't want to like do that. So anyways, we make plans for the next night. I go over there. And I'm hoping that the reconnection won't be there. And then I'll just be like, oh, good. Okay. It was just a thing from back then. And 
I'm over it and I've moved, I'm more grown up now. And it's like, maybe it was just something back then that something in the water that made me really like him. He comes out of the bathroom. Like, I think I talked about this last time. We had the soap all over in his hair and he's like, his dog was barking. So he came to like, kind of like tell the dog, like, it's okay. Bends down, gives me a kiss. The kiss was like so soft and nice. I was like, oh my freaking God. Right away. I'm like, I'm in trouble. Shit. I'm in totally in trouble. So, um, I'm not going to go through all the details, but we had an amazing, I would say three hours together and it felt so like reciprocal. Like he wanted me the way I wanted him. I was getting all of what I wanted before that I was kind of always just getting little crumbs of. He was giving me a hundred percent of him. It was the, the one, it was the time with him that I always wanted. I almost said his name. I don't really want to say his name. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was incredible. And I, let my hormones, I could feel it. I could feel this surge in my body. Like I knew I was in trouble. I'm like, I'm going to be a mess for days because I can already feel this high that I'm on. The endorphins were so like elevated and I was letting myself just take in every like atom of it. Like it was like, I, I was just so like, I don't care. I don't care how I feel tomorrow. I'm living in this moment now. And I kept thinking it's going to continue. Like I'm going to see him again, obviously, because this is so insanely intense and beautiful and amazing and like rare, you know, it's rare. And so in fact, there's a Taylor Swift song, um, say, don't go, uh, that song and all too well, those songs mess me up. God, uh, say, say, don't go. Is that the name of it? I should read the lyrics to that. Oh my God. Um, so anyways, I'm going to get back into the story. I'll, I, I do want to kind of read the lyrics. I'm going to see if I can bring it up. So uh, I go and we've had, okay, so the chit chat is like, you know, New Year's Eve was the next day and he says, hey, I had a great time last night. Happy New Year's Eve to you. I'm like, I had an awesome time too. Happy New Year's Eve to you also. Then the next day he texts me, you know, he's texting me first. Uh, he says, hey, I hope you had a great New Year's Eve uh, or I hope you're having a good New Year's Day so far. You know, how are you doing? So that's where we're at. I'm responding. Um, hold on. Taylor Swift, say don't go. And I can't play the song or else this video won't be uh, this YouTube video will lose its monetization and I can use every penny I make off these videos, which ain't much. Um, it says, I've known it from the very start. We were a shot in the darkest dark. This song makes me want to cry. I can't even read it because it makes me think of, um, um, oh no, oh no, I'm unarmed. The waiting is the sadness. Totally. The waiting is so sad. Fading into madness. Oh no, oh no, it won't stop. I gotta get a hold of myself, Jesus. Um, says, I'm standing here. I'm standing on a tightrope alone. I hold my breath a little longer halfway out the door, but it won't close. You know, this is like, you're like, I know I need to leave, but you're wanting them to just say, please don't go, you know? And that's how I felt with him a lot towards the end. Um, she says, I'm holding out hope for you to say, don't go. I would stay forever if you say, don't go. God damn you, Taylor. <laughs> um, Why'd you have to lead me on? Why'd you have to twist the knife? Walk away and leave me bleeding. Bleeding. Uh, why'd you whisper in the dark just to leave me in the night? Now your silence has me screaming, screaming. I mean, I feel like everything that is in the song is exactly what I went through. And there was a moment that night where his hair is 
like the hair forward around my face. I think I, I'm not sure if I said this in my last podcast. And I decided to just whisper to him, it's so good to see you. And we are like nose to nose, lips to lips. And he's like, it's so good to see you too. Like <gasps> talk about taking the breath out of me. My heart's stopping, right? Um, now I'm pacing on shaky ground, strike a match, then you blow it out. You know, it's all this like me trying, him stopping, me trying. Oh no, oh no, it's not fair because you kiss me and it stops time. <laughs> and I'm yours, but you're not mine. Totally. Um, oh no, oh no, you're not there. And then it's kind of a repeat of the rest of it. Um, but yeah, this song I said in my car and I sang it and cried my heart out because it's been torture for the last two weeks since we saw each other. So there's been some chit chat about, you know, how are you, whatever, he's not doing great because he ended something with somebody. I literally saw him like right after the breakup, like like the day. I didn't know it until there's a reason why I know, but it, it literally happened like the day before. So, um, but yeah, oh, God. Um, so he's clearly, I was rebounding. He was rebounding. He was needing to feel some affection because I think they'd been fighting for months and he was probably missing, you know, some good sex, I guess, but also the connection. And he knew with me that it would be there. And so he used that. <laughs> Unfortunately, there goes the sun. The sun is going down. So I don't feel like he tried to use me. I don't. I feel like he had a need and he reached out to me and I was like, yeah, you know, of course. So um, for like, you know, there was like, well, we should hang out soon kind of thing. And then he, he reached out to me one night and then I kind of inferred cause he was like, Hey, he said, what are you up to tonight? You have any plans tonight? That was it. You have any plans tonight? Wouldn't you think that would mean he's asking me if I'm available? I said, just watching basketball ball with my son. We were watching, um, a Denver Nuggets game. And I said, that's it, just watching basketball. Like, I'm implying that's all that's going on, you know? And I said, what about you? And he said, uh, just chilling, about to go to a meeting and then go to bed early. A meeting meaning AA. He doesn't drink. Um, so I'm like, and I'm in my head going, what? Like, why did you even ask? Why did you even, like, my, I was all, like, I was almost at his house in my head, like, oh, I'm there, I'm going, I'll, I'm figuring this out, and I'm going, I mean, I'm going to make something up to Owen, or I'm just going to tell him I'm going, I don't even care, because he asked me, what am I up to tonight, so, but it didn't turn into anything, so, uh, so then a couple days go by, I don't know, there was a, more text that just didn't really, and he would do this in the past, he would, like, text me and ask me what I was up to, and then I he would never ask me over, so finally, um, two days ago, there was some like, or the, I don't know, even three days ago, it was kind of that same thing. I said, do you need company? Like I'm trying, I'm trying to see him. He said, I'm not, I'm kind of in the feels. Like I know he's really going through this breakup now. It's like, it's finally hit him and there's not going to be a reconciliation because there's, I'm not going to get into it. There's a, there's a restraining order. So, um, there will be no reconciliation with them. So he's feeling sad because she had kids and he's missing the kids and whatever. So, he says, probably not tonight, maybe tomorrow night. So I'm like, okay, let me know. I'm trying to be real chill about everything. So then the next day he hits me up around four o'clock in the afternoon, which seems strange. Like that's early. And he's like, Hey, how are you doing? I said, good. How are you? I said, I'm on my way into target. And he said, it took him a while to respond. And he said, um, he said that he was chilling or something. And he said, and then he wrote, he wrote Capitola or Watsonville. So there's a, 
I thought he was referring to our homes because he lives in Capitola. I live in Watsonville. I didn't realize till later when my mind was clear that he was actually talking about what target was I at. So I immediately jump to conclusions and say, well, my house is available from this time to this time because Owen had practice. Let me know. And then he didn't respond for like an hour, obviously, because he was like, what's she talking about? I was just asking what target she was at. And so, but I didn't, I didn't put that together. I was just so excited. I thought he was asking which house because, and he had even put the emoji with the little sweat because I thought that meant like, hey, is your house available? That's what I took it as. It was because he was wondering if I was at the Capitola target because then I would have been really close to his house. And he was like, oh, like, are you near? Like, because I think he's not sure should he have me come over or not. So then he says, hey, I'm on my way to a meeting. I'm going to be busy from like six to eight. My phone won't be on, but I can text call after. But just a heads up, I'm not feeling I'm in the feels and I'm not feeling very sexy or sexual. So that's him saying, you can come over, but nothing's going to happen. And I'm immediately devastated. And during this hour that I'm waiting to hear back from him, I am taking an everything bath. I have shaved everything. I am so clean. I smell amazing. I'm doing my makeup. And then I get this message. I'm like, after just after everything's done, the hair is all done and I'm like ready to go. I'm like, oh, this is not what I thought it was at all. And I was not laughing. This was like kind of devastating. So I'm talking to my daughter and she's saying, just tell him that. And she's giving me all these. She's like, I've been with manipulative men that she's saying it's manipulative. I don't think he's trying to manipulate. I really, my glasses are dirty right there. I feel that it was more that he's trying to keep me at a distance because he's, he's messed up emotionally and he doesn't want to like, you know, he, he, does, he can't give me what I want. So I say, Hey, uh, how about another night or something? That's what Ryan suggested that I said. And he writes back after, you know, 10 minutes and says, okay, sounds good. And that's not like him. He usually responds with like, he does a lot of sweet emojis. I must say he's very, uh, sweet in that way, which kills me because he does, respond with cute you know the heart this one with the hands like when you make the heart he does like um there's always hearts he always does hearts it's always sweet and or like a kiss or a wink or whatever yeah my hair is bugging me um so he just says okay sounds good and I'm like okay and I'm like good you know I'm like kind of trying to be strong that's right I'm not gonna like let this bother me this is this is what you get you know I'm strong I put my foot down and then I and then the real me starts to come through and I'm like I don't like how that ended I I need to tell him so I say to him look I I think that you are in a place that's difficult right now and I don't want to complicate anything I just want you to know I'm sending you a hug and he said he said something like sending a big hug back or like taking a hug back or something like that. It was like, he was, um, really nice and responding. He said, I really like, um, respect that. I don't have the conversation in front of me, but, um, and then I said, and by the way, I didn't, I just realized what you meant by Capitola Watsonville. I said, I feel like a freaking idiot, like so stupid. I said, you know, I did the emoji with the hand on the forehead, like, and he said, laugh, he goes, Oh, ha ha ha. Laugh out like, don't even worry about it. I can see what that confusion would be. He goes, yeah. He goes, I, I was, just seeing if you were close by. And, um, and I thought, you know what, this is it. This is, I need to do it. So I sent him a text and I said, I want you to know that I basically can't do this. Like I, I, I had feelings came up. I, I told him, I said, old feelings came back right away. And I said, and 
I know myself and I know I'm going to get hurt. And I said, and I know you and I know that you are not intentionally trying to hurt me, but I know that you are not in a place right now to give me back what I would want. You know, I don't even say that, but something to that effect. And then I said, um, I, I wish I was 20 years younger. I said, I think you're great. And um, it was my way of saying like, this is, I, I can't see you anymore in any way. Um, and I'm really, it's really hard, you know, it's hard, but I need to say goodbye. And so and this is just all, this is after just one time. And this is after like a year and a half of not seeing him and like not even having him like, uh, you know, any like longing for him. Like he's been out of my head. I mean, of course I think about him here and there, but it wasn't like in a way, like I was hoping to hear from him. I just assumed he moved on with, with his life. So he writes back and he says, I really appreciate that so much. And I, and whether we're hooking up, even if we're not hooking up, I always love your company. And that was what I, that was when I had to say, I can't like, it hurts. Like it's, it's so hard for me. Like, you know, it's, that was when I said that message after that, I said, I can't basically, but I didn't say I can't. I just said like feelings came up. This is, I'm going to get hurt. And I think you're great. You know? And then he said, I think you, he said, I, he said, you are a beautiful woman. He goes, Jen, I, I totally appreciate it. I got a bunch of hearts. It was really sweet. And then he said, we could all take a few, few years off of ourselves or something like that. And I said, Oh no, I actually meant I wish it was 20 years younger. So compatibility wise, so that we could be a couple, you know? And he said, he put doll, I feel it. And he put purple hearts and then I hearted it. And that was two days ago and I'm okay. Um, kind of, I mean, I just read those lyrics and fell apart. Um, I'm trying not to, um, I don't know why it's so hard for me. I don't even know why he, he was never even a boyfriend. But isn't it crazy what um what a connection can do and how it can mess you up? And like, there's a song all too well, Taylor Swift, and she talks about um you were there, my hair, wind in my hair, and it was rare. Like she says the word, it was rare, and it's like, God damn, yes. These moments with people are so hard to find. And this is the one that I'm going to just have great memories of and I will not be able to continue with it. And that's probably why it's so um, bittersweet too is because it's it's like if it had turned into a relationship, it probably, I, it would have gotten yucky at some point, you know? So like that'll never happen. So it's always going to be these really beautiful memories that didn't get to go any further. And um I'm, and I'm going to have to keep trying to seek this with somebody. And it's really, I haven't, nothing's topped it in three years. Um, and believe me, I've had plenty of experiences, but like nothing's really topping it. Nothing. Yeah. So there's something about this guy, something about Mary, something about him. Um, and he'll just be a very fond memory for me at this point. I don't expect to hear from him. I really don't, unless he just, you know, asks how I'm doing or something like that. Like, I think that that's possible because he's a good person and that's possible. But, oh, and okay. So I'm, I can't talk about it anymore because I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep crying. But um, I bought this on the internet. If you have seen this, I saw a girl on TikTok using this on her face. I actually thought she was, um, she was going like this and I thought she was 
combing her face. I thought she was using a brush. This is called a, a guisha or guisha, guisha, I think. It's like a stone. It's super cold right now. And I put like this oil on my face and I rub it on my face. I don't know if it's doing shit, but it feels kind of good. And then I feel like it's like moving like my blood around and like maybe dealing with my jowls. But I do like 10 swipes on each side in the morning and at night. And people have asked me like what I use on my skin. I don't know. I just started using this, but I really think it's psychosomatic. I don't think it's really doing anything, but it feels good. And it, at least I'm treating myself to like this sort of like facial so and you can do it on your neck too they, they have like this was literally five dollars on amazon came in the mail overnight i think i paid 566 and i have prime so no shipping but super cheap you could probably get it at um i don't know i think like they even have similar things at um target but it's like a little roller brush but it yeah they're, it's a stone it's a smooth stone and i don't know i kind of like it um yeah i don't really do much for my face i mean i wash it <laughs> and i don't know but lotion on it moisturizer but i'm not very good about using stuff on my face and other than botox um okay gypsy rose blanchard i will just um end with that she's free she's free she's free she got out um december 26th and that was very exciting um we are so happy for her. I mean, this girl was abused her entire life by her mother, um, forced to take medications. She had a feeding tube. They say with um, women who have um, uh, 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 Munchausen um, by proxy syndrome that they love the feeding tubes. If they can get a doctor to put a feeding tube in their kid, it's the best because then they have full control of uh, starving them, um, feeding them, inserting medications they don't need, um, putting things in them that will make them look and appear sick. So it's very dangerous for um, those children. Obviously, she had a feeding tube. She didn't need one. The girl didn't even have leukemia. Like, I don't know how this woman um, pulled the the wool over the eyes of so many doctors, making it look like this girl was so sick with all these things, but she didn't have any of them. Um, so she, um, she spent eight years in jail for helping to plot the death of her mother. She didn't actually do it. She had her boyfriend do it. He stabbed her to death. Gypsy Rose was in the bathroom. There's a Hulu series called the, 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 oh God, what is the name of the Hulu series? Um, hold on. And it's so, so good. Uh, Gypsy Rose um, Hulu. She, by the way, she said she's not going to watch the series, the act, the act. Yeah. It was really, really well done. It's got, um, uh, that actress here. Let me scoot down. I don't know these what people's, uh, what is her name? Oh my God. Why isn't it just saying the, the, the actor's names? Uh, sorry. I like, want to give you, it's like, I've got it on the tip of my tongue. Let me just write actors. I see them in the picture, but, and one of them's like super famous. You guys all know who she is. Uh, Joey King. <laughs> Her name's Joey, just like my daughter. Um, and uh, the mom was played by, why isn't it saying? So annoying. Patricia, Patricia Arquette, of course. Um, Patricia Arquette. Okay, so she had her boyfriend kill her mom. She was in the bathroom and heard it, heard her mom screaming for it and all that. So she goes to jail for eight years for participating 
and you know the plotting of her mother's death this the guy who killed her i think he's spending the rest of his life in prison so while she's in prison she gets like apparently 250 letters from men seeking her you know affection and she finally settles on this guy uh ryan who is from her home state of louisiana um, or it's just that she wanted to live in Louisiana. No, no, no. She's from Louisiana. So anyways, they develop a relationship. They get married while she's in prison. And she, when she gets out, he's there to get her. I do not like him. I, I know every, a lot of people really like him. They're really happy for her, but I just feel like he's in this spotlight along with her. Like, by the way, I did not know that Gypsy Rose was going to be so big. Like I waited for the countdown. I was watching on TikTok. People are putting up videos that were great videos, you know, with this, this song. I can't remember the song, but it's got the F word a lot, but it's like showing like the jail cell uh, bars going up and it's like showing her with her crazy like uh, Cinderella wig on and you know, like it's a picture from the past when she was little. She They used to go on like Make-A-Wish trips to Disneyland and stuff or Disney World. Uh, anyway, so it was like, I couldn't wait for it to happen, but I thought I would have to um, proactively seek her out on social media and see what she was up to. And I didn't know, my daughter's calling again, don't called during a podcast. Um, so I didn't know that I would have to like, I wouldn't have to seek her out. Like she's literally on everything. So she is plastered all over my, my phone, like everywhere. And it's not because I'm following her. It's just because it's on everything. So, um, she really is a huge influencer. I watched her account go from like when I first looked at how many followers she had when she got out of prison, it was around 800,000. She's like, I think she's 6 million now. Like it's insane. Like she has so many followers. I mean, this is a girl who didn't have social media eight years ago and now she comes out and she like immediately has a platform. So she's making the rounds, you know, she's going on the talk shows and of course the husband's right there with her. But I feel like he's just like, I don't like how he's part of this narrative or the story because he's just some dude that got her to marry him. He He's not, he has nothing to do with why she went to jail or her life prior to that. So I don't know. I don't like him being in every single freaking interview. It's like, or picture or video. It's like, I just don't like him. I don't know. I don't. And I wish he had had not accepted his hand in marriage. Apparently, word is, is that she wanted it annulled shortly after they got married because she felt like he was too controlling. That's in the Lifetime documentary, apparently, which I haven't seen yet. I just saw something on on uh, TikTok about it. But uh, I think he, um, well, we will see how this plays out. Um, but I'm not, I'm not that impressed by him. I mean, if he makes her happy, great. I don't know. She made some comment about the, the D is fire, which just I wanted to throw up because he is not that attractive. Uh, he's pretty overweight. He's obese. Like a guy is like, I don't know. I know every, my daughters get so mad at me when I say that. They're like, mom, you're fat shaming. I'm like, I know, but I just wanted her to have like somebody hot from Hollywood. She deserves it. Like she's settled for this big old fat guy from Louisiana. Like, I don't know. I just wanted her to have something better. Um, but anyways, I, of course, if she's happy, she's happy. And I know people will comment on that in, in, in the posts or like underneath in the comments. And those people that say what I just said get destroyed because everyone's like, oh my God, can't you just be happy for her? I'm like, well, I guess, but I just don't like that he just gets to be part of the spotlight. He doesn't deserve it. He wasn't there for her childhood. He had nothing to do with the whole, you know, this, the death of her mom or her being in prison. I don't, I don't know. So anyways, we will see how that 
plays out. There's somebody that, uh, a Jamila, who I don't know, even know if she listens to my podcast, but she was saying, I feel like something's off. I just feel like something. She goes, I can't put my finger on it. Something's off. And she goes, and I, I will just watch and see if something happens. I said, I don't know if something's off, but I definitely don't like him. <laughs> and that's it. And I love her. And I think she, I hope she gets to have her silver teeth fixed. Um, I think she's doing a great job. It's got to be stressful to get out of prison being in, well, basically being in jail for your whole life with your mom stuck in a wheelchair when you could walk and, um, you know, had this completely controlling life and then, uh, be put in prison for eight years where she said the first day she got to walk in the yard at the, at the prison that she was in and like breathe the air. She said that was her first moment of feeling freedom. Like, isn't that how crazy, how ironic is that? That was her first feelings of freedom in prison because her mom was gone and she like it was a matter of life and death at that point because the mom wasn't she tried to escape before and there were other surgeries coming up and stuff like she was like completely um under her control and um I you know the mom was crazy so um yeah watch the act it's really good um very well acted but again Gypsy says she won't be watching it which is too bad because Joey Joey King is that her name um that's her name. Anyways, that the actress, yeah, Joey King. Um, she did a freaking unreal, amazing job. Like I really felt like I was watching Gypsy Rose for sure. So, okay. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, it is, uh, January 10th and, um, it is effing cold in California. All right, you guys, I love you. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. And hopefully I'll do one more before I go back to work on Tuesday. We shall see. Okay. Go Niners. Bye guys. Love you. By YouTube. Okay, let's stop it on here. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.